<laughs> Let's start that over. Hi, welcome to another episode of Whiskey and Mash. week's episode of Whiskey and Mash. I am Chris Pullman. And I am Gloria Ackerman. And I am not editing that first bit out because this podcast is live. <laughs> kind of. Even though I do editing after. Anyway, hi, welcome to this week's episode. <laughs> Today we are talking about Season 5, Episode 21, Movie Tonight, and Season 5, Episode 22, Souvenirs. Let's get started right away with... Clinger begins scrubbing the floor, singing, Nobody knows the trouble I've seen, as they were all cleaning the OR. I know. Uh, you know the trouble you've seen? Somebody knows oh, the trouble I've, I've seen. seen. Anyway, <laughs> they were all cleaning. Frank and Margaret were like pushing everyone. Finally, Father Mulcahy pulls in. And said he found the mail, and Colonel Potter's movie was in it. So Colonel Potter made an announcement to everyone that there would be a big movie in the mess tent that night. But he wasn't going to say what it is. But everyone that day was in a bad mood. There, um, BJ got a bad pie in the mail. Well, <laughs> Hawkeye said it was bad. Yeah. But BJ, but Hawkeye gave BJ a bad gift. Everyone was just cranky. You could cut the tension with a knife, someone said. So, mm -hmm. um, even Hawkeye walked over to the nurses, invited them to dinner, but they they had uh, um, dinner at i or invited them to the movie, but they had in, dinner at the at i yep. They found out later the movie name. I'll, we'll talk about that later. Mm -hmm. um, then, at the movie, the movie kept breaking, so they had to come up with their own fun, and they did songs and skits. And it was so much fun. This has to be one of my favorites. Because I just love... It's stuck in my head. <laughs> I, I was pulling a Chris and actually... <laughs> you were. Um, saying the lines before they happened. Because yeah. it is one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Um, then the tension broke. Life goes on. That's how it ends. But yeah. that's the basic gist of it. Now I'll just talk mm -hmm. about the things that happened. But Yeah. Just a, a fun movie, because mm. I, I like that singing and skit <laughs> kind of stuff. <laughs> it was really neat. Um, you know, I think this is my first time actually watching it and going, they didn't get to see a lot of that movie, because it kept breaking. You know, I mean, Clinger said it was full of splices, and it the bulb went out, and the audio went out, and... My goodness. But they didn't seem to mind. No, I think they just needed a diversion. Just like in a later episode, um, Hawkeye and BJ throw a luau. Oh, yeah. Just to try and raise the morale. And, and they try to have a clam bake. Yeah. And oh. I think this is very similar. Uh-huh. You know, everybody just needed a way to blow off some steam and have some fun. This is just... Um, not just like, but this has a lot of similarities to the episode where they had the, like, fair kind of for Sister Sister Teresa's orphanage. Oh, okay, yes. You know? Oh, and Donald Penobscot's in that one. And Not the one I was thinking of. Oh, okay. But I'm thinking of the one where Colonel Blake 
the oh, a long uh, time. the oh, Illini an anchorman. Okay, yeah, okay. got on the end of the tug of mm. war and pulled him in the mud. Then and pulled him in the mud. Him. Yeah, and then okay. everybody ended up in the mud. Yep. But yeah, you know, it, thinking about that, it's a recurring theme that every so often they just kind of need. But you would have to. Oh yeah. Like this would be a reoccurring something that happens. Yeah. Because you go from extreme work twenty four seven. To extreme boredom, mm-hmm. twenty four seven. Yeah, and we've Thanks. seen that. We've seen that in episodes already, where they go from doing high rise, <laughs> from doing nothing, to being deluged with patience, to doing nothing. nothing. And you know, especially here, where okay, you might be able to get a pass for some R and R, but it's not like you get weekends. Right, you know, exactly. we're, we're recording this on a, Friday night. on a Friday night and, you know, like for 4th of July, which was just last weekend, I took an extra day. I had a four day weekend. You need at least like two days to decompress and then two days to relax. Well, I doubt they got that. Right. No. And you didn't know when it was. I'm sorry, but I used to work in a mill. Yeah. And not to compare this, but it was a lot because mm. when work was going and things were flowing, you were working 24-7. You could go mm. a whole night without any breaks. Yeah. It sounds mm. illegal, but it's the way it was. Oh, I believe but it. But then you'd have nights where things are down and not working properly, yeah. and you would have absolutely nothing to do, and you had to sit and think, what nights did I like better? The <laughs> nights where I had to work 24-7 mm. or the nights where... I read more books at the mill than I ever read. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I don't have time to read like that anymore. But yeah. back then, I could. I read yeah. more books. No, and today was one of those really busy days for me. I got up to go to lunch, and that was it. But you know, you need breaks. Point being, you need breaks, and I think this episode Shows is it. emblematic of that sort of needed break. Um, yeah, you definitely... <laughs> we need breaks in life, yeah. Yeah, and you, you see how that tension is just building as they're cleaning OR. I l- really liked it when um, Klinger's talking back to the majors, and they're throwing a fit about that. But then he, like, holster, or uh, he shoulders his mop and smacks Frank in the face with it. <laughs> and the colonel walks in right as Burns is uh, dressing down Klinger. What's going on here? Hawkeye pipes in. I saw the whole thing. <laughs> Frank tried to eat Klinger's mop. <laughs> Just. Oh. Then yeah. then after that, we're in the swamp. And a few things happen in there. The first one of which I... It was very Frank at this point. Oh, yes. I um, got the Frank thing. Hawkeye asked to borrow Frank's pen. And Frank said... No, you can't have it. It's used to the way I write. <laughs> Do you remember what Hawkeye said? Uh, it's used to stupid? It's used to stupid. <laughs> yes, I do. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, they just got mail, like you mentioned. Right. So, what uh, what did... So, BJ got uh, apple pie from his wife. A crumb. A crumb apple pie. And, and uh, BJ said, yes, this is crummy. And he said, that's the way it's supposed to be. And she's yeah, like, Hawkeye. no, uh, yeah. Hawkeye. No, it's crummy. Give me this shoe polish so I can get the <laughs> taste out of my mouth. As Frank is polishing his shoes. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, I would feel badly if someone said Ooh. to me that my wife's or my husband's food was bad. Especially if I thought it was really good. Right. You know. 
Maybe not so much if it was. I don't know if I would send my husband pie. <laughs> he would probably say I'm. It was crummy, but. But you know, and then um, and then what do we get? We get uh. From that, BJ says, "Oh yeah, what about this shirt you got me?" <laughs> that was so funny. And what what was up with the shirt? Uh, it had one sleeve longer than the other. <laughs> it does not. Give it to me. I'll wear it to the movies tonight. No, he was gonna wear it to go see the nurses. Yeah. There, see? And yeah. One... <laughs> it did have one sleeve real long. Yeah. So BJ thought he got it on the clearance shelf, which he probably um, did. Yeah. So he legitimately wore it to the nurse's tent to ask them to the movie, which I thought was great. <laughs> They're getting all dressed to go to um The Icor. Icor? Yeah, Icor for dinner. Yeah, because we're getting tired of all the same people. We need some change. Um, and it was so great during the movie, or as they walked out, all dressed up in their dress clothes and mm -hmm. heading to i they said, oh, it sounds like everyone's having fun. Mm -hmm. And they didn't leave no, because they no. wanted to be part of the fun with the people they do know. Yeah. Which, you know, there's a lot of things in here that just make you think, what do mm -hmm. you want? Do you want the work? Do you want the not? Do you want to be with people you know or people you don't? Yeah. You have a lot of choices in this episode. Maybe that's mm -hmm. why I love it. Possibly. Because yeah. there is a lot going on. And it's one of those where it's dense, but it moves quick, and it's right. entertaining, and, and it we is... we could talk about it all night. Yeah. What was the movie? Because we didn't tell that yet. We, <laughs> we had to go back a few times, but My Darling Clementine. Which... I was mentioning to Chris, I watched with my dad. I remember watching this. He used mm. to watch these old yeah. movies on Saturday afternoons, and sure. we sat and watched this one together. Yeah, and I've never watched it, but I think in my defense, I didn't grow up in the era of westerns. My dad never watched them with me. He was a big western fan, uh -huh. I think. But, like, the versions of the O.K. Corral story that I've seen... Um, I've seen maybe one or two, and my favorite one was with Kurt Russell. And those are not musicals. Oh, probably not. <laughs> no. You know, they're in full color. <laughs> so, this was black and white, classic. I do need to I see I went to a, a movie called Graceland with Kurt Russell once, and I brought mm. my kids because I thought, oh, an Elvis movie. <laughs> it wasn't. I believe it. <laughs> it was terrible. Here I brought little kids to it. <laughs> there was a lot sex, drugs, and killing. <laughs> you know, back in I should have looked at the rating. The, yeah, back in the 80s, early 90s, movies were different, though. Oh, um, yeah. So during My Darling Clementine, <laughs> um, like I said, they seem to miss an awful lot of this film. But also, like even when they first start... The film breaks almost immediately. And so we get the lights back oh, on. And like people were so ticked off. They just wanted to leave. They're already frustrated. Yeah. But it looked like half the film was already on the take-up reel <laughs> of the projector. I'm sitting here looking at that going, that's not right. <laughs> because I don't know anything about reel-to-reel -reel projectors, but I know that a half of your film shouldn't start on the take-up take reel. <laughs> just saying. But, um, so yeah, we get, uh, they, the Tennessee Waltzes, yeah. like it starts, Tennessee Waltzes going, and then we get the first outage. 
And what do they sing to get through the first outage? Well, first of all, Colonel Potter says, everyone sit down because everyone was going to leave. And he said, we're having an old-fashioned sing-along. And they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, crap. And I think I would say, oh, crap. (laughs) You know? And then he said, that's not a discussion. It's an order. Oh, well, in that case. In that case. (laughs) So everyone sat down and they started singing. If... Uh, blah blah in the army. Yeah. Uh, I don't want no more of army life. Gee, mom, I wanna go home. Yeah. The chaplains in the army. I can't. I should have written down the lyrics, but all I wrote down were what they sang. Well, about. you don't want us to sing all the lyrics to you anyway. But I have a pretty nice well, voice. Yes, you um, do. I don't. Mulcahy <laughs> sang about chaplains in the army. BJ and Hawkeye sang about surgeons in the army. Uh, the Colonel, nurses also sang. Colonel Potter sang about friendships in the army and how they're mighty rare, and that's why you'll find me carousing with my mare. <laughs> uh, the the nurses who were going to leave came in at that point and started singing about surgeons in the army and how they would rather go out with chopper pilots because they'll get you off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Radar saying about corporals in the army and how without them you'd be in the latrine. Uh, Klinger saying about some guys in the army. They really like it. They, they, they yeah. say that it's a mess, but if it's so darn terrific, why do I wear a dress? <laughs> and then Margaret saying about uh, some nurses in the army, like, I guess, like, go it alone, but. This one's gonna try and tie the knot. That with Donald Panat Scott. Yeah. <laughs> it rhymes. Yeah. Um. So then the they movie. They think it's not so hot, but when? But I'm going to try to tie the knot with Donald Panat Scott. Yeah. And then uh, after that, movie starts up, very quickly breaks down again. So then, what do they do? Father Mulcahy starts playing. Oh no. Did they do the Father Mulcahy impressions at this point? They did impressions, not Father Mulcahy. It was Radar. Oh, Radar doing his impressions. Yep. Uh, first it was John Wayne. Uh, Jack Benny, Benny was in there. Yep, John Wayne and Jack Benny. Now, Rochester. <laughs> haven't I told you not to interrupt me when I'm doing a show? I have no idea if I got that right. I've only heard you those. You did. I love Jack Benny. <laughs> we watch a lo- listen to sorry a yeah. lot of Jack Benny. I was gonna say house. I've I've heard those when we've gone on family trips. <laughs> yeah. Like Jody has He is on. obsessed with old time radio. Yep. Um, movie starts up. Sound is it done? So they stop it. That's when uh, they do the Father Mulcahy sound alike contest. Yep. I love that contest because they all sound like Father Mulcahy. Yeah. Jocularities, jocularities, jocularities. I think, <laughs> I think Father Mulcahy does sing in between there because the last of Radar's impressions was, uh, play, Mr. Benny or whatever it was, and then and Father Mulcahy sang. But yeah, then the film starts. Then we go into the Father Mulcahy sound alike contest. Um, I remember Hawkeye's. Or I don't. I remember the tone of it. Oh my, all this jocularity is highly <laughs> unseemly. And um, Radar's was pretty good too. Corporal Simmons has come down with hepatitis. His skin is the most remarkable shade of yellow. 
But first, he did apologize. <laughs> Sorry, to Father. Sorry, Father, for this, but yeah. here's my impression. Yeah. Because it's radar. And they passed around Father McGee's hat, which was very funny. Um, which is why you wear a hat. People should wear hats. Because then you can become that person. <laughs> you know, okay, when Let's I... Let's see, how would I become Chris? <laughs> I, when I worked... Um, for the summer programs at college, I always wore a hat. Two things. One, it kept the sun off my head. Two, most people don't wear hats, and so it was very easy for the kids to find, to find me in a crowd. Look for the guy with the fedora. The tall guy with the, the tall guy with the fedora. Done. Um, movie starts up, knocks out again, and then what happened next? After the Father Mulcahy sounded like contest. Hawkeye stands up and says, I don't know if all of you know, but we have someone who's very talented in the crowd tonight, and maybe we can call on her. Oh, was that her song? That was Margaret, <laughs> that yeah. song. I just wanted her to sit down because the movie was starting. <laughs> and people and were throwing popcorn at her. What was her song again? I, it was... Um, you were saying it a minute ago. When your lover holds you tight, ooh la la la, la, la. c'est magnifique. <laughs> and she was doing a wonderful job. I think this was. was the best shape she's ever been in. I mean, mm. she looked fabulous. Yes. Like, yes. she kept her shirt tucked into her pants. You could mm. tell that she was feeling pretty good about herself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She has an upcoming wedding. She's been working at things, and yeah. she looked fabulous. She did. And Margaret, she... if you're thinking back, <laughs> that's a, probably the best at Laura's sweat. Mm -hmm. You looked fabulous. She, she did. And, um, you know, she, she got into the song, which was great, and... Something that I really loved in this episode that made a lot more sense to me once I read Alan Alda's books was that while she was singing, which what I'm assuming is like a burlesque song, I would assume Hawkeye is sitting there and he keeps turning back, like right at the refrain, and making comments in French to everybody else, which I'm assuming were crude comments. I don't know, I don't speak French. But I'm six percent fluent. <laughs> Duolingo is a great app. Um, but he was talking like to everybody else, but also kind of to us, and he just you know had that grin on his face, like ah uh -huh. oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, but he was speaking French, and it made more sense to me because he knows French. Oh. He lived in France. He was fluent in, in French. French. So for him to actually be doing that, he, he grew up in vaudeville. He knew burlesque. He was fluent in French. This was his scene to be a supporting role. No. <laughs> but I, I really loved that bit about this, that he, everybody else was just scenery. And he was... And he was adding a little bit of spice to Margaret's song. I might so. have to go back and rewatch it just yeah. for that part. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> The movie comes back on, like you say. It's going. Margaret's finishing her song. Ooh la la. People are throwing popcorn at her. <laughs> Sit down. The movie's on. And then she finishes. And everybody claps because it's over. Yeah. And, um, and then 
you, it's the end. And mm-hmm. if you've ever seen My Darling Clementine, at the end, everyone gets killed. Yeah. Or it's you like know, one of those movies where everyone gets killed. Yeah, it's it's the OK Corral. All you should need to know. What happens at the OK, okay Corral? Corral? Shootout. What happens in a shootout? Everybody dies. Yeah, yeah so <laughs> they're shooting and shooting and shooting. And finally, Hawkeye stood up and was like, oh, oh. And Margaret stood up and pretended to shoot him. And then everyone started shooting everyone. And everyone just laid there like they were dead as a uh, truck pulled in. An right. ambulance, an yeah. Ambulance. And the driver got out. We got wounded out here. Goes into the movie thing because he heard the movie. Yeah. yeah. We got Wounded in here, too. We yeah, wounded in here, too. Wounded, <laughs> wounded. And everybody snaps and gets up and... Just off they go. Life goes yeah. on. And then... Uh, but they were happier in OR. It was yeah. like they needed well, this. It like, was, OR was back to its normal. Everyone was happy. Now, I think that post-commercial scene um, was very interesting. Because I agree that they weren't sniping at each other right. anymore. But... They were also very solemnly singing My Darling Clementine, you know? It was a wide field shot on OR. Everybody's doing their thing, operating on these people. But it wasn't a joyous... It was just everyone back to work. And, yeah. Like I said, life goes on. It, yeah. It was that feeling of, mm-hmm. of, okay, here was our fun, let life go on. Mm-hmm, Yeah. Um, Um, you know one other thing that I really thought was interesting about this when they do have that shootout um, when sorry I'm just looking okay oh that's anachronistic we'll come back to those notes from MASH wiki the fact that they're enjoying this sort of getting into the movie and shooting each other in the middle of a war zone is kind of macabre. Oh, yeah. I never <laughs> thought of that. It's a little dark. I'm just going to throw that out there. Take from it what you will, but they are... I thought it was like just a fun playing around, Yes, but, but if you look at it that way... They're three miles from the front, and they're fake shooting each, each other, other and giggling about it. But it's a movie where <laughs> I, they were all having a shootout. I know, and you get and into the movie, and there's... I think it was more of that kind of... I think it was that final cathartic release. However, it was still kind of dark. Yeah, now <laughs> that you say that, yeah. Just pointing that out. Um, some fun facts off the wiki because they fit in at this point. There is a dark moment. We didn't mention this. Uh, that was meant to sound funny during the Gma I Want to Go Home scene. Uh, so it goes, and then we get to the next, the next uh, bit when the movie is interrupted. And right before the movie starts up again that time, Frank stands up. Oh, yeah, that was sad. Yeah. And declares in a singing tone that he'd like to stab Hawkeye and BJ right in the heart. <laughs> and he's smiling and giggling. And, and using that song. And the slowly army, sits da, 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 da. down with everybody staring at him. And it's kind of sad because mm. that's kind of where Frank is now. Right. Uh, the other thing. The song Margaret sings is Se Magnifique, written by Cole Porter. In 1953, oh. <laughs> for the musical Can Can, 
So she was singing this probably a year before it was written. Funny, because that's what you, you were looking up the movie worried that it would be not relevant. Where yeah. was the song that wasn't uh, relevant? I it's never the thought song. of looking up the song. <laughs> yep, nope. Song's anachronistic by a year, which is still better than the 1970s comic books. <laughs> However, it, it, that just goes back to the fact that not until recently have people really cared about Does. about continuity and about accuracy. Right. So, that's fine. I can get past it. It's just funny to point all these things out. It's like, this is what TV was in the 60s, 70s, 80s. Anything else about this nope, episode? No, I said we covered everything I had for my notes. Okay. Uh, guest recurring cast. We um, had Enid Kent as Nurse Bigelow. It's a lot of nurses. Yeah. So, you know, we saw Bigelow, and how do you know it's Bigelow? Because... Well, I remembered Bigelow from the Hawkeye episode where he went blind because he held her shoulders and went, oh, must be Bigelow. Must be Bigelow. <laughs> How could you tell? <laughs> Never mind. Uh, Judy Farrell is Nurse Abel. Judy Farrell. I think Gwen Farrell was in here too because she was in the background. Uh, Jeffrey Kramer as the ambulance driver. And, and he had a line. Carmen, yeah, Carmen Skelza as the corpsman. Really, all four of those nurses should have been in here as far as I'm concerned. They all they, had lines. They all had, well, at the very least, they were all singing. Right. Not that lines mean you get in the credits in the show, but um, production code was U824. So this actually was the last one filmed of the season. Oh, okay. At 824, that would have been, I think that would have been the last one filmed. Uh, written by Gene Reynolds, Don Rio, Alan Katz, and Jay Falb, and directed by Burt Metcalf. It originally aired February 22nd, 1977. Yeah. Next, Season 5, Episode 22, Souvenirs. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about this episode. It's, it's got some dark moments, and it's it, got some... It does. It's another one of those kind of preachy episodes. Right. You know, we have those. Going forward in the series, we get more of them, which I don't mind. It's just that the show being on a soapbox kind of detracts from the show, right. in my opinion. And keep in mind, you know, this was the late 70s. And they had a couple messages in this one, actually. They did. They did. But, you know, oh, when did the Vietnam War end? Um, this might have been after. No. Would it have been? Anyway. Point being. It was. It was? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Late 60s. Yeah. Early 70s. Early 70s. That's what I thought. You know, it... <laughs> It, it's kind of nice to see the social commentary like that. But, when there's nothing that it's really commenting on anymore, it detracts from the show just a teeny bit. You know, when you're literally... The, the main plot in this episode, before I get too far yeah, on my own soapbox about it being on a soapbox, um, basically, it's about war souvenirs. Um, we get a chopper oh. pilot who's... Uh, selling war souvenirs. You know, I like, thought of those two things being together. Yeah, like brass ashtrays, brass gun shells, like three things. all that. 
Um, we get Margaret and Frank. Frank is trying to get some more souvenirs of his own. One of them being from Margaret. And then we also get Klinger, um, who ends up with kind of a war souvenir in an accomplishment. Uh, really, it's just another attempt to get home. And Frank's race. Yes. Well, yeah, I'm including that. And I, in my oh. opinion, that's kind of a war souvenir that he's trying to get from Korea. Yeah, but so that's four different plots, but mm. each one kind of has that same thing. That souvenir feel. I didn't yeah. even put that together mm -hmm. while I was watching it. So, but you know, like I was saying, there's no war going on when this is being aired. This is kind of railing against souvenir taking, and there's nothing. There's no war, there's no souvenirs, there's no thing that that's making a message against. But it's pointing out that it happened at this time. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, it did happen. Yeah, it did. And this points it out because when we start in OR, one of uh, the, the two things we start with, one is this soldier who wants the bullet that hit him, and we find out later that he wants it because it's his good luck charm. BJ. Why is it your good luck charm? It almost killed you. Yes, but it didn't. Mm -hmm. But then Hawkeye's patient was a young Korean boy who got wounded in the minefield picking up brass for souvenirs. There was a chopper pilot yeah, making kids, well not well, making, kids would bring him souvenirs or pieces of metal, scrap metal, mm -hmm. and he would make stuff out of them. And then sell it to people. Yeah. Trinkets. Trinkets. Yeah. And like... People love trinkets. Shortly after the OR scene, we see him getting a whole bag of brass from this one kid. And he tries to buy it from him for a buck. Yeah. Give me five bucks. Nope. Two bucks. Two bucks. Take it or leave it. And he sells his stuff for a lot more. He makes a good profit off of that. And... Yeah, these kids are going into the minefield and getting hurt. Um, and killed. And killed. And you see the disgust in Klinger's face when uh, the guy's name is Stratton. Me too. Uh, Lieutenant Stratton. Lieutenant? Uh, when he is trying to sell Klinger gun casing earrings, Chief Warrant Officer Stratton. I thought so. Um but also a necklace made from the pins of a hundred grenades. So that, yeah, I was very proud of Klinger just saying, no, I'm good, thanks, though. He was looking at it going, oh, I like this stuff, until he found out where it came from. Yeah, and no, no, I'm good. Um, what else? After, after that, Klinger starts up his uh, idea to try and get out. And what he, was it this time? He is going to sit on a pole like St. Simeon. He's climbed up on top of the basketball hoop. There was a little square thing on top of there. and He was going to pulse it. And he brought some apples and some... Should have brought blankets because he was freezing and getting a cold. Yeah. And um, he said to Colonel Potter... I'm staying up here until you release me. <laughs> and Potter's just like, get down here, Klinger. Nope. Uh, and he's like, okay, yeah. whatever. Yeah, Klinger, when you're on guard duty tonight, take very tiny steps. 
I I really loved uh, skipping ahead a little bit when Father Mulcahy was walking past the basketball pole that Klinger was sitting on top of, and he didn't realize that Klinger was up there yet, and so I think he sneezed and Klinger went, or no, Klinger sneezed. Mulcahy said, tight and he's looking up, and he's like, Lord? <laughs> and then he turns back, oh, Klinger. <laughs> um, but the part that I like about it is Colonel Potter comes around, and Father McKay, he says, are you aware that Klinger's up the pole? And do you remember Potter's response? He said, I do, but... Yeah, he's a human foul shot. <laughs> oh, no, they don't Just, I thought that was funny. Um, but we have Klinger on the pole. He ends up being up there for four days. In the meantime, we get an MP who comes in and is looking for what from An 800-year-old vase. From? Frank. Frank bought it for, I thought they said forty-seven eighty-five, but they must have said twenty-eight eighty-five. Mm. I just missed. Yeah. And it was... <laughs> The corporal who sold it to him gave them Frank's exact description. <laughs> he said, there must be somebody using my face. Uh, and it, this this face is priceless. Priceless face. What is it worth now? It is priceless. Mm -hmm. The Koreans are very interested in keeping their national art treasures in the country. And as should be. Yeah. So what does Frank do? He was going to ship it home to his wife. With kind of a, na not a nasty note, but not a very loving note. No. Take, it was, guard this with your life. It's very valuable. Your husband, Frank. Frank. Not love your husband, Frank. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was just your husband, Frank. Your husband, Frank. Frank. Yeah. But I love how Hawkeye and BJ intercepted. Take the vase out and put what back a in? A bedpan. <laughs> <laughs> so she's going to be treasuring this bedpan and guarding it with her life. Yeah. I'm, Maybe she thinks it's gold blind or something. Who, who you know. knows? Yeah. Um, but after the MP scene, Hawkeye and BJ go to the O Club, where Margaret is drinking because she asked for her ruby ring back from Frank, who denied that he had it. Right. So she was drowning her sorrows. Stratton's in the back. That's a pilot who yeah. was using the kid to sell the stuff, or get the stuff. Get the stuff that he was reselling, and he's sitting back there trying to sell it. And, um... And doing quite well, by the way, I think. Yeah, I think so. the way it looks. And Margaret. Do you want to explain what Margaret Go ahead, go ahead. Oh, jeez. She's, she's tipsy drunk. Five sheets to the wind already, because she's... Doing her Margaret thing. And she says, Stratton, I thought Potter told you to shove off. No, he just gave me some bad advice that bored me. Eventually, Stratton makes his way over to the bar, and Margaret says, You know what, Stratton? It's a good thing that my husband, my betrothed to be, Lieutenant yeah. Colonel Penobscot of West Point, of West Point. And uh, I can't remember what BJ added, but Marker just said, that's him. It's a good thing he's not here. Oh, yeah, why? Because he doesn't like, I can't remember the line exactly, but it's like, he doesn't like your type of person. And if he were here, he'd 
punched him. <laughs> and, she, and she punched him right in the jaw. Just, it was so great. Just across, right to his chin. And he goes... Good thing he's not here. Down. <laughs> yeah. Good thing he's not here. And Hawkeye's looking back from Stratton on the floor to Margaret going, Yeah, good thing. Stratton might get hurt. <laughs> I just love that. Because then at the end of the episode, or right before the end of the episode... Um, Margaret right. goes to the mess tent for breakfast and Potter. Potter comes up and says to her, you have to stop hitting our officers. <laughs> and she looks at him like, I have never hit an officer. Who didn't deserve. Who did. And if they said the same things they, or did the same things they did, I would do it again. I'm glad we had this little chat. <laughs> so good. Um... So what else? Uh, the the little Korean boy who they were operating on, he's in post-op. Hawkeye and BJ are taking care of him. Uh, his mother's there at his bedside, translating. Chopper pilot came in with some money. 50 bucks. And a little Chinese uh, lighter. A Chinese pistol-looking lighter. And it looked like a real gun. Mm-hmm. Just what you give a 10-year-old kid is what they were saying. Yeah. What is he supposed to do with that? Well, if he ever stops smoking, he can trade it. Um, but before that, the mother had said that the boy had been hunting brass shells for two years. And that he would go back out to help support his family once he was better. And the doctors, you could just, you <coughs> could tell they were feeling oh, sick, sick. Yes. about that. So... When Stratton comes in, I just, it's so great because you see the doctors using their weight as doctors in the army. Um, if you've ever watched Star Trek, this is also a theme there. The medical officer always has precedent. Oh. In, I know uh, my old college roommate, John, he's a Marine. He went into Iraq at the tip of the spear when... Marine, when the U.S. forces first went in. Hi, oh. Jack. Huh? <laughs> Just wanted to say hi. <laughs> but um, at one point, John's oh, John. uh, unit was so depleted because of heat stroke that the medic or the... I can't remember. Like, the, the medical officer for that unit said that it was combat ineffective. So they were pulled offline. Huh. And it makes sense. You need to be effective. You need, yeah, you need to be well, well, right. you, well. Certainly with chopper pilots, and you see, you saw this with um, the one who had diabetes. Who had diabetes? They pulled him off. He's like, let me do one more, and he's mm. knocked off. Actually, yeah, that one did. But they have that power, and so this is a precedent not only in Mash but in real life. Um, they take Stratton outside, and they're trying to convince him to stop, and he's like, no, you're not going to get me to stop. And or at least leave their camp. Yeah, and so then PJ says, you're a sick man. You look, oh, you look awful. He doesn't look well, does he? Oh, no, he looks terrible. All white and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he starts to get a little scared. Hey, 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 hey. No, no. You I'll know, leave. We could probably give him a blood test. He'd probably fail. I think you're right. Hey, okay. I have I'll an leave. announcement. I'm out of the souvenir business. 
I think he's looking better. Um, but he had a really salient point in that, yes, you got rid of him. But this is not a thing... Um, it won't sh- oh, sorry. It won't just go away. It won't go away. Someone else is going to come and... Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, yeah. Um, you know, to bring in another reference I know from Band of Brothers, uh, 101st Easy Company out of World War II. You know, they were grabbing souvenirs as well. And there was actually... Uh, I think it was during the Battle of the Bulge, there was a soldier, and it's recorded in the history of that unit, he got a Luger from a German officer, and so he went from Foxhole to Foxhole showing this thing off. Well, then he was cleaning it one day, and it went off, and it severed his femoral artery. Which is... You know, your main artery in your leg. Oh. By the time the medics got there, he was... he bled out. Oh my gosh. So this is a thing that's old. You know, old as anything. Souvenirs, and... Yeah, that. And what well, did they say? That's we the might... first thing I think of is what I want to keep when I go somewhere or do yeah, something. Yeah, what absolutely. do I want to get to remember this by? And I get that, but there are other things you could get than brass shells that were expended in the field. That's true. Um, but you know, like Stratton says, you got rid of me, so what? There's more like me out there. That's right. So. But like you said, this was an episode to get that point across. Yeah, the doctors won, but it was they they won a battle, but not the war. war. Um, on the flip side, Klinger's still up on the pole. Oh yes, Uh, I forgot about Klinger. The colonel read the paper and saw that somebody from the 8063rd had set a new pole sitting record. And he only had 48 more hours to go to beat that pole sitting. And he was ready to quit. Because he was tired and... Colonel, you want me to stay up here? If you do, I'll give you a two-day pass. It's either that or you come down here and you swallow 24 goldfish. Did you say 24 goldfish? (laughs) First 18 are easy. Yep. Because he had swallowed 22. The colonel had. So, Klinger makes it. He's up there for four days. He comes down. He gets a... I think it was a three-day pass oh, three to day Tokyo. Pass. Okay. Yeah. Um, I love his quote, or what he says at the end. I set a record that someday some kid will come around and break, break it. it. <laughs> yeah, but never in... A, a dress and a cigar. An imitation, genuine imitation fox stole. You're right. I said a record. <laughs> and then uh, right at the end, the post-commercial scene with Margaret and Frank. Do you remember? Because Margaret found her ring. She found her ring. She... In Frank's footlocker. Mm-hmm. And so Frank saw her, well, <laughs> saw someone digging around in his footlocker. And this person had a hat and... and looked very mannish. Looked very mannish. So mm. he attacked him. But this person actually took Frank over, yeah. and uh, Frank. Frank looked up, Margaret takes off her hat, says, I found this in your footlocker, and it was the ring that she had been looking for that he said that he did not yeah. have. So what did he say? This is hilarious. So well, the, in the post-commercial scene, or are you talking about what he said right after that, where it was, I didn't know it was you, it wasn't any fun. 
Let's do it again. But this time, not so rough. <laughs> yeah, that's the one I was talking about. Oh, my God. But, yeah, um, after, in the post-commercial scene, Margaret storms back into the swamp and demands $15 from oh, Frank. Yeah. Why? Um, to pay for the engraving because he had this ring that she gave him engraved to go to his wife, Louise. Mm -hmm. So she wanted the $15 back to get rid of the engraving. $15 or 15 teeth. <laughs> Your choice. He dug out the money. <laughs> Will you take a check? <laughs> and Chris is yelling in the background, Don't take a check from Frank! It'll never clear! <laughs> But, um, yeah, that is literally every note I have here on that. Um, no notes on the wiki, really, from this. Uh, yep, the end has Houlihan, yeah. And here we have the guest recurring cast, unless you had anything else. No, that's it. We had Michael Bell as Chief Warrant Officer Willie Stratton. Brian Dennehy as MP Ernie Connors, Scott Mullum as Andy Cooper, Jun Kyoto Lu as the Korean woman, Jun Kim, Crandall Ju as the Korean boy, and Alvin Kim as the second Korean boy. Which I think is so weird that they mentioned them and not the nurses from the last one. <laughs> but oh well. You yeah. Know, let it go for you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it looks like in the TV cut of this on certain cable networks the Margaret Frank subplot was entirely cut out Why? it was only about two or three scenes so okay. that makes some sense More commercials. yeah but of course on the DVDs you get the full thing which so watch the DVDs which again you know mash uh, medicine and martinis box set it has all the seasons all the discs all the special features the reunion special all of that, I would highly encourage you to do that so you can listen along to us. Uh, just head over to, you know, Amazon and uh, order it through there. If you want to support somebody with your Amazon purchase, um, you can go to the Holy Cross Catholic okay. Church website in Kakana, and they have an Amazon link where their uh, a small part of your purchase comes back to them. All you have to do is go in through them to the link. Yeah, otherwise if you don't want to uh, help out a church for whatever reason. I'm not judging. Yeah. I'm just saying if you don't want to, um, I would encourage you to do the same thing thing through Majorspoilers.com. They're a great podcast network, uh, very geeky podcast. So if you're into like comics, geeky stuff like that, they do a great job. Have a lot of podcasts, but you know, then you support a show like that. And why am I saying that? Just because. For us, we're not asking for any support. We just do this because we like it. If you want to support us directly, the best way you could do that is to share this podcast, Whiskey and Mash, with a friend, a family member, a co-worker, an enemy. I don't care. I'm not that, you know, selective. Just, somebody, just listen to us. Somebody who you think would enjoy listening to us ramble on after a drink or two about Mash. We really love the show, and... We hope that you at least give it a try if you've never seen it before. Um, if you want to listen to back episodes, you can head over to our website, narclaninc.com. Go to the podcast section. Go to the Whiskey and Mash page. 
all of the mp3s of our back recordings are there you can download them off the website or stream them right there otherwise if you do the podcast thing you can head over to itunes or your favorite podcast application search for whiskey and mash subscribe and get all the new episodes downloaded to your device all the old ones are up there too and also on stitcher radio there they should be up there i actually haven't checked but they should be up there as well. If you want to get in contact with us and tell us how poor of a job we did this or time. Or a great job. <laughs> Either way, I you can pass it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> head over to narclining.com slash whiskey and mash. On the page, there are two little icons right now. One is a Facebook icon that will take you to our Facebook page. You can like us there, send us a message, or there's a little uh, envelope icon you can email us and that will start up your email application your email client so you can send us a message electronically i think that's it for this week that's it thank you for tuning in um definitely you know if you're a returning listener thank you so much for coming back and listen pardon me listening to us again pardon me despite my burping and our <sighs> beverage taking um you know, join us. Listen to the ep- or listen to our podcast. Watch the episodes. Night. It's been spoiler a rough day. Alert. Yeah, you know. <laughs> At the end of the episode, it's a spoiler alert for the beginning of the episode. Um, but thank you for listening. Uh, I'm Chris. And I'm Gloria. And enjoy whiskey and mash. See you next time. Uh, pressing the button for the outro music. I do love that episode because it's one I always think of when I think of Nash. Mm. Oh, sure. Yeah. It's a memorable one. I definitely knew exactly what was going on. It just. I have other ones that I like better. Oh, I love this one. Yeah. Anytime you can get a group of people happy from songs. That's true. Well, you're a very sing song fan. Yes. So that makes sense. My parents never really sang, so that... Doesn't every family do that? No. Oh. No. Okay, I just assumed. No. That's how you I guys, grew up. You, you guys are special. Special. <laughs> I did see the air quotes. <laughs> I tried to hide them so well. Have a good night, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.